evening. I'm hopping on because I want to share my story real quick. What's up, y'all? So I'm hopping on because I want to share my story. I know I have um, some new followers, some new viewers, and I want to talk about what going becoming a plant-based vegan has done for me. So I have been a plant-based vegan now for going on about seven years. And I want to talk about my experience with going plant-based, why I did it, why I'm still here, and be very transparent about that. So for those of you who don't know my origin story, I used to be 65 pounds heavier than I am now. So when you see me going hard on my posts, uh, on my captions, and my content, it's because I know what it means to um, have a condition, in my case, obesity, that seems like you can't get out from under and that really plagues and impedes on your quality of life, all right? So I used to be 65 pounds heavier. So I was, just to give like numbers for reference, I am five foot eight inches, okay? And when I started my journey to health, I was like 190 pounds. Now, I'm pretty sure that I was closer maybe to 200 or over 200 at some point. But when I actually started um, zeroing in on my health and being intentional about getting that weight off my body, like when I walked into that gym that first day with my personal trainer, we started at 190. Okay, I started at 190 pounds. And again, I'm five foot eight. And my I started in 2012, I think it was, I hired my first personal trainer. Her name was Tiffany. And I started on my weight loss journey. So I used to be, like I said, 190 pounds plus. I was very uncomfortable in my skin, y'all. Like I was uh, insecure. Um, I was, it, it plagued on my mental and my psychological health because I had body dysmorphia, meaning every time I looked in the mirror, right, all I saw was the things I didn't like about my body. All I saw was the excess weight. All I saw was... Um, you know, my love handles and my gut and, you know, I didn't like the way my thighs rubbed together and all of these insecurities about my physical body. And I was overweight. And so I became like the queen of cover up. I wore uh, multiple layers, blazers, tank tops, jackets. You know, I still try to have some swag about me, make it seem like, you know, the blazer was adding a little swag to the outfit. But really, I was covering up my insecurities, my physical insecurities. And when I started with Tiffany, my first personal trainer at that small gym in Ferndale, Michigan, it was, you know, a rude awakening on what was required to not only lose the weight, but to keep it off. You know, Tiffany was a personal trainer and she helped me start on my weight loss journey. And being overweight, sometimes you don't even know until after you lose the weight how taxing it was. Because what we typically do is we develop a, a level of comfort with the dysfunction. Like we learn how to maneuver our lives around whatever chronic health challenge you're battling. So that's exactly what I deal with getting dressed, for example. Like many of you know this, like in order to cover up your insecurities, in order to, you know, still try and live day to day with whatever you're battling, you typically you know, do things like change how you dress, you know, change where you go, where you don't go. I've, I've had students tell me, listen, I don't fly because I don't think I can fit in the plane, in the airplane seats, right? So we typically adjust our lives 
around whatever chronic health challenge or dysfunction or discomfort we have with ourselves, our health, or our body. And that's exactly what I did. And, you know, I did that for a year. So I was I'm very lean naturally. But then when I got in college, that's when I started gaining weight, gaining weight. And here I was sitting at 190, 200 plus pounds, just chunky, right? And if that is okay for someone else, I'm not knocking it per se. We can get into the health conversation though. When it comes to like health, I am knocking it. But for me, it was a level of insecurity that I just could not stand anymore. I knew I needed to get the weight off of my body. So when I hired Tiffany in 2012, y'all, I hired a personal trainer, but her and I did not do any nutrition work. It was all fitness. And so what's unique about my journey to becoming a whole food plant-based vegan is that I actually didn't lose weight when I went vegan. Like I actually, when I became a plant-based vegan, I was already at a healthy weight. So a lot of times with my students, you know, one of the main goals, my main reasons students, you know, join my program and work with me is for weight loss. It's one of the most common issues that people want to overcome to eradicate is excess weight. You know, over 70% of people in the black community for sure are either either overweight or obese. And so when I tell my story, I like to be very transparent in that I was not vegan when I lost weight. I was not. I was still eating meat, dairy, and eggs and sugar, okay, when I started my weight loss journey. So when I started my weight loss journey with Tiffany, what helped me though, I did have a privilege. So I wasn't vegan yet. I wasn't plant-based. I was quote unquote, watching what I eat, still eating animal products, right? Trying to stay out, out of the drive-throughs, staying away from the snacking. Maybe, you know, I think I, oh, I was crazy with counting calories, something I highly discourage my students to do now, but that's what I did. I was counting calories, you know, um, believing the food labels when it told me it was like a healthy, low calorie convenient meal and, you know, eating all those frozen meals and all that crap. Like I did all of that and I, and I, and I lost weight. I'm not even going to lie. I actually lost weight. Okay. Because me and Tiffany, we didn't work on my food. Like when I worked with her as my personal trainer, we only worked on, um, physical fitness and it worked. So I didn't change my diet, um, as much as I've changed it today, being a plant-based vegan. However, I did have a privilege, privilege in expediting my weight loss in that I started with Tiffany in January of that year, and I lost 30 pounds with her. I lost my first 30 pounds with her. But then I actually ended up moving in fall of that same year. So I started with Tiffany in January, and I think right around um, maybe October – I actually resigned from the job that I was in working in social work and I moved abroad. That was also a game changer. Moving to another country, moving to another country, moving to another continent where I was going to be living, where I was going to be living without transportation. So I'm walking, I'm taking the train, whatever. I'm taking public transportation everywhere. I moved to a, the most, uh, what's arguably the most beautiful city in the world, Rome, Italy. And so I was sightseeing like crazy because it's just such a beautiful city. And so my, I got extra movement in naturally just by moving abroad. Moving abroad wasn't a weight loss plan. <laughs> it was just a life plan. But I will admit that that's a privilege I had in my weight loss journey that I'm now eating totally different because I'm living somewhere that eats 
naturally like they take pride in making food from scratch so I'm not eating all this processed stuff I'm moving way more um you know and then I was working at the United States Embassy so they had a gym there and and I moved to a culture that wasn't overweight so that's three privileges I had on my weight loss journey right I moved somewhere where I wasn't driving my own car and I didn't you know I wasn't just doing the regular going to work and coming home I'm sightseeing I'm on my feet all the time they're eating differently because of the cuisine in Italy. Like they're making food from scratch and it's a very different thing. They go to the grocery store regularly. Grocery stores are much smaller. Portion sizes are smaller. They eat um, communally more, right? It's more of a social thing as opposed to just eating to get back to the grind. So not eating on the go and all that crap. So that was a, set, a second privilege. And then, you know, again, the third privilege is that I was in a culture I was actually in a culture that was not obese and overweight. It's very easy to be blinded um, living in America because America is such an obese country. So if you are here, you could lose, you might need to lose 60 pounds, but you can lose half of that and start falling off the wagon because you're like, well, I'm doing better than most people around me or I've done great so far. You know, I'll kind of trail water on this last 30. Right. But if you're in a culture where fitness and health is part of the culture embedded into the culture, it's slightly different. Like all my coworkers at the U.S. Embassy, all my Italian coworkers were lean and fit during lunch. They're going downstairs to doing a kickboxing class. So, shoot, I'm right there with them like this. Is what we do here. Right. So very, very different culturally, not seeing um, a whole bunch of overweight or obese people all the time, because we all have to be honest and admit that's what we do here. We might not be conscious or aware that we do it, but if you are, you know, in a grocery store once a week and you see, you know, morbidly obese people driving around on those little carts through the grocery store, there is a part of you that sometimes it's like, oh, I ain't that bad. Let me get this bag of chips. You know what I'm saying? Like you're, you're in a culture that makes you feel comfortable with your own dysfunction if you're not ex as bad as him or her. So that's another privilege that I have by moving abroad. So it made it easier, exponentially easier to get off that extra 35 pounds. So in total, I lost 65 pounds. So I started at 190. Okay, good. Again, five foot eight. I can't, I got all the way down to like 135. <laughs> uh, way, way too small, according to my mother. Okay. Um, and then now I sit at about 143. And so... First off, I would like to say that 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 weight loss started in 2012, and um, I, I, I don't I didn't really keep track of my journey, but I would say all the weight was off at least through mid to the end of 2013. I wasn't tracking it like that, but as you know, we sit here in 2022, and it's still off. So the first lesson here is. We all know the hardest part about overcoming anything is staying, you know, clean, staying healthy, keeping the weight off, right? Um, it's, it's just like anybody who's trying to give up an addiction. You may go two weeks without sugar, but can you stay off of it, right? So doing well and staying well are two different things. That's the first lesson. But then the other thing, so again, going up, becoming a plant-based vegan did not help me physically much because... I was already at a healthy weight when I became a plant-based vegan, but on top of that, I didn't have any pre-existing health conditions. So 
I wasn't on any medications. I wasn't pre anything. I hadn't got shocked by a recent doctor's appointment that shocked me into submission. You know, the reason I decided to become a whole food plant-based vegan is for actual, if I'm being honest, for professional reasons first. Because I was now working as a personal trainer. I returned back to the U.S. after living in Italy and then living in China right after that. I returned back to the U.S. and I became a personal trainer, got out of social work, and decided to become a PT. And when I did that, you know, I started noticing that I needed to emphasize nutrition more in my sessions with my clients. And that's when I started studying nutrition, came across this plant-based thing, really started digging into the science of it. Um, and trying to validate these claims that it was the most optimal diet on the planet for longevity. And I was able to do that personally. So what going plant-based, uh, becoming a plant-based vegan did for me is two major things, two major things, okay? What it did not do for me is I didn't lose weight, but that's only because I was already at a healthy weight. I, I think I made a loss like a, a, a quick five more pounds when I went, I'm not going to lie, a quick, but it wasn't staggering right but the reason for that for me is because I didn't have a lot of weight to lose and um biologically when you are the closer you are to your healthy weight a healthy weight not your desired weight but the closer you are to your healthy weight your healthy body mass index the harder it is to lose weight so if you if you find like you guys know this like when you have to lose 100 pounds versus losing five to ten that five to ten pounds is taxing it's the hardest way to lose because you're already so close to the finish line your body is so close to where it needs to be so it makes it increasingly difficult to lose the weight so that's the one reason why I didn't have you know a major weight loss when I went plant-based vegan because I was already close to um, or pretty much at actually my healthy weight but the other part of that is you know, um, the, the, so that's what it didn't do for me. But what going plant-based vegan did do for me was two things. The first thing is um, it increased my probability of staying healthy and keep it, keeping the weight off. So regardless of whether, of whether or not you lose the weight before or after you adopt a plant-based lifestyle, the, what we really want to hyper-focus on just from historical data is what's required to keep it off. Because yo-yoing in your weight is really dangerous to your health. So then you got to look at, okay, what what did I do to get it off? And then what's required to keep it off? And maintaining a healthy diet is a no-brainer, absolutely. And how you define a healthy diet is different for everyone. But of course, in my case, it's a whole, pl whole food plant-based vegan diet. Me literally becoming a whole food plant-based vegan is what helped me keep that 65 pounds off till this day. Because none of that saturated fat from the animal products is in my diet. None of those inflammatory foods is in my diet. And that's really major, really major, okay? So it didn't save me physically per se because I didn't have any pre-existing conditions that I was trying to be rescued from. But what it has done is increased my probability of not having those conditions. Never, blood pressure, cholesterol, right, heart disease, obesity again, right, yo-yoing there. But what my story, in my opinion, is even better than overcoming those health issues, those lifestyle diseases that I just named, type 2 diabetes. The number one benefit that I got from becoming a whole food plant-based vegan, hands down, without a shadow of a doubt, 
is how my brain and my mind now works. Listen, I cannot say this loud enough. I cannot say this enough. You have no idea how low frequency and low level your brain is operating until it's not there anymore. When I became a whole food plant-based vegan, the thing that went crazy, I'm talking about crazy, (laughs) is my mind, my recall, my ability to concentrate. I mean, no more attention deficit, right? My ability to create no more writer's block, no more creator's block. Like I'm a, I'm a, I'm a speaker. Um, I'm a coach. I'm a content creator. I create curriculums for my programs for a living. I coach for a living. I speak for a living and I teach for a living. So everything that I do for a living literally is a result of my own IP, my own intellectual property. I don't sell t-shirts. I don't sell anything. Everything is a result of my own intellectual property. And so for me, when I became a whole food plant-based vegan, it was so life-changing and game-changing because I was able, I was, I was, I was like pretty much reintroduced to myself. So it didn't heal me physically. It introduced me to my capabilities cognitively. Thank you, Paul. Paul said, you're amazing. Thank you, Paul. Um, so it's it's absolutely imperative. Sometimes you have no idea until it gets extremely bad that you're living in a consistent state of brain fog, that you're living in a consistent state of chronic fatigue, that you're living in a consistent state of um, writer's block, creative block, like, um, you know, inability to concentrate, inability to focus. Like you have no idea the deficit of your mind until you're not there anymore. And the the way my mind works now, like I right now, thankfully, I've removed some stuff off my plate. Right now, I only run one company full time. But when I first became a whole food plant-based vegan, I was running two companies full time. And then I got to the point where I was running two companies full time plus someone else's company, two that I founded. Okay. And then the third company that I was asked to lead. And so it was at one point, right? I had three like big projects for three big things that was pushing out content, pushing out offers, had different, it was all, it was a whole lot. It was a whole lot. And as a CEO, the thing you do most as a CEO is make decisions and put out fires. Okay. So constantly, even to this day, I'm constantly having to make critical decisions on a regular and consistent basis. I'm constantly having to create content like what I'm doing right now and speaking with you all. This is me creating like thinking through what's required. Like what do people need to hear? What perspective needs to be introduced on this topic that I specifically teach, which is plant based nutrition? What belief system needs to be shifted on this topic? Like, I'm, if you want to create, like if you're running, if you're a creative, if you're a CEO, if you're a speaker, if you're a founder, if you're a writer, um, if you, you, you already know, especially if you're successful, right? So I run like a multi-six-figure company. And when you are successful, the quality of the, the content and the quality of the service you pump out has to elevate constantly, 
kind of, like the things you were doing in the beginning just to get started and get to rolling is no longer enough. So the the what's required of you, right, as you were seeing, don't get me wrong, it's a champagne problem, right? But the more you elevate in business and the more you grow as a CEO and the more you um, service clients at a higher level, the more that's required of you. Like the same messaging and the same language that I was using a year ago in my business won't suffice today. And so in order for me to create that level of content, right, that quality of service, it requires my mind, which is, again, my number one tool and the only thing I sell, it requires my mind and my brain to be sharp. The ability for me to duplicate myself. I have a a plant-based certification called The Other 23. And in that plant-based certification, I'm literally coaching other coaches, right, on how to um, master plant-based nutrition science at a high high level so they can integrate it into their current career or start a new career. And... In order for me to be able to reverse engineer everything I did to get to where I am, but then also recall all the science at a deeper level to help them master a specific subject matter, in this case, plant-based nutrition, you have no idea the brain power that's required. Like my battery can never die, right? I have to do what's required to keep my battery fully charged. And so my mind is the most important thing to me. And going plant-based and adopting a whole food plant-based vegan diet is by far the biggest, that absolute biggest contribution to how my mind performs today. My ability to do everything I do at the level in which I do it and continue to grow, uh, continue to be a leader, to have vision, to have foresight for my company, for where I want you know, our students to go, our coaches to go, my my ability to sit down, plan that, execute it, right, um, course correct when necessary, requires a, an a, a operating brain that most people have never experienced. My sleep has to be good, okay? Like my, I need I need a steel mind. Like there's things that I have to work on for my mental health and my cognitive health that the average person does not consider because they're not aware that they're living at a low frequency or they're not aware that it's the lack of their brain power that's hindering their ability to progress in life. They're not they're working on all this other stuff, not realizing that it's their mind. It's their mind. That's where the focus needs to go. Right. So I am like. Now that I'm a whole food plant-based vegan, so I don't eat, you know, any of the inflammatory foods in my diet. And this includes things that are vegan. There's vegan things I don't eat because it hinders my cognitive ability. When I say that I like protect my brain, my my brain is like a gated community. (laughs) A whole lot of stuff can't get in. Like my brain is like a gated community. Like seriously, like, like there's a guard at the front door, front door being my mouth. Front door being like, I put, I guard what goes in my mouth and I guard, guard what goes in my mind. Certain stuff I won't watch, certain stuff I won't read, certain people I won't hang around. Like my brain is a gated community. Like it's elite. You know what I mean? This is an upscale community because there is so much, there is so much that I rely on my brain to do. Like I have a staff, like I have people 
who, you know, I'm, I'm like trying to create, I'm trying to pour into the black economy. Right. And so I'm like, I got to keep my, I got to keep them sharp. I got to train. I got to hire. Sometimes you got to fire. Right. And then students, you know, I have to qualify people to work with me. I have to make sure they're getting the results. If something in my curriculum doesn't work or feels broken, I need to know how to go in and correct it. When I'm creating new programs and trying to draw out a curriculum, do you know how hard it is to build a damn curriculum? Like literally a curriculum that let's say you wanted to take a month off from work. If you had to build a process for somebody else to follow without needing you to get the result, do you think you could do it? Like, that's a real question. If you are a creator, a coach yourself, or, you know, you have a process that you take other people through to get a particular result, do you think you have the ability to sit down and literally map that out on paper or teach that live digitally and record it and say that somebody else can follow that to get a particular result? That is requires some serious damn brain power, serious brain power. So everything I eat, everything I drink, every exercise, I do so many things that impacts your cognitive mental functioning that people are not aware of. It's not just your diet. There's so many things that I do. Like, for example, um, what, I exercise a lot. I love it, right? And there's a whole bunch of cognitive benefits to doing so. But here's a cheat code. Your legs. Your leg strength is directly correlated with your mental strength and your, your brain functioning, like your synaptic connections, like your neurological functioning is directly correlated with the strength of your legs. Most people don't know that, right? So like there's things like that's this is how much I've studied the brain. And so when people are um, experiencing memory loss or early stages of dementia, the most common form of dementia being Alzheimer's, you know, one of the recommendations for them is to exercise, of course, but literally, you know, focusing on leg strength. So, you know, depending on your physical fitness level, you might just start with walking, strengthening your legs that way, then move up and do some more strenuous things. But that's part of the reason why leg day is my favorite day. I work out legs maybe three days a week. Number one, because I just love some sexy legs. But the most important thing is because I know how important leg strength is to mental and cognitive ability and functioning. So there's things that I do to protect my brain at a high level, not just what I eat, but my diet by far is one of the biggest, you know, tools in me protecting my brain and my mind and my, my ability to be a creative. You know, I'm a, I'm a founder, I'm a CEO, but I'm a creative CEO. I have to create marketing and messaging and content and curriculum and, you know, thinking of, I know what I want to teach my students, but then to be a good teacher, you have to think about, you know, how to present that content in such a way that it's going to be absorbable and digestible to them. Sometimes you know stuff, but you don't know it well enough to teach it. So to be a teacher, you have to know what analogies to use, what examples to use. You have to be able to predict literally at what point in the lesson they're going to get confused or a limiting belief system is going to set in and you need to know how to jump in and dig into that right I literally was talking to my students in my certification I, I posted a video for them um, inside of our private Facebook group just the other day and one of my coaches just commented today and was like it's like you pulled this right out of my head <laughs> right and so your ability to literally get inside of your clients or your students head and pull out you know, what they're thinking and pivot it for them before they can even go there takes like you have to be able to assess 
things at a higher level. So vibrating at a higher frequency cognitively requires you to do some things personally in your life on a daily basis to make sure your mind is that sharp. So depending on what level you hope to ascend to in your career and your business, I don't even care if it's as a parent, as a spouse, your ability to navigate the nuances at a higher level and really be able to process things at a higher level so that you can do some real problem solving using reasoning skills and reasoning ability, have a steel mind enough to assess these things requires your mind to be sharp. I know so many of us, we want to get our pants size down. I know so many of us were concerned about, you know, our, our bodies and, and then, and then, and then we're also rightfully concerned about other things like blood pressure, cholesterol, all of that stuff. But I want you guys to start putting just as much energy and attention into your mental and neurological health as you do your physical health. I promise you, a lot of times that blockage comes from you don't realize how what you're eating. A lot of people think like, okay, I don't eat that bad. Maybe you don't have a disease. Maybe you haven't been diagnosed with anything. Maybe you're not on medications. And so you treat yourself every now and then to something, right? Because it's not, if you already eat healthy and then every now and then you like, you know what? I do well enough that I can afford uh, uh, my favorite pizza once a month or I can afford my favorite snack, right? I can afford my favorite cookie. My, I, I was talking to an interviewing a student the other day and she's like, I, I don't want to give up my chocolate. So tell me how I can go plant-based and I don't have to give up my chocolate, right? And so for many of us, that actually won't, you know, necessarily increase our probability of having a chronic disease because we do well most of the time. And so I'm talking to people who do well most of the time, like you do well enough to stay disease free. You do well enough to stay medication free. You do well enough to even maintain a healthy weight. Now, now that you have that head start, now that you have that privilege, I want you to start focusing on improving and maximizing your cognitive health your neurological health. I promise you, watch your life change. All the worries and stressors that you have now that you feel like you can't figure out a solution to, it's only because you're not clear here. Like problems dissolve, one of my favorite, favorite sayings, problems dissolve in a heightened state of consciousness, right? But you can't increase your state of consciousness because you're still low level frequency with some of the things you're still dabbling in. You're not dabbling enough to get a diagnosis at the doctor, but you're dabbling enough to still maintain a low-level cognitive frequency, right? So the reason, yeah, absolutely, I'm at a healthy weight. I'm a whole food plant-based vegan. If I wanted to indulge every now and then in like a vegan dessert, look, it's a bakery by me that got a bomb vegan carrot cake. I ain't going to hold you up. I know for a fact if I had that once every couple of months, I'm, I'm, I'm probably not, you know, impeding on my life expectancy, but I also know if I had that once every couple of months, what it, I am going to have instant memory loss from the sugar in it. And I can't afford that because more than likely I got a speaking engagement the next day or I have a, a teacher, I have to teach or coach the next day. So you're probably doing just enough to stay physically healthy. But now if you're not going where you want to go as a creative, as a CEO, as a founder, you know, as a high performing executive or whatever, I want you to start pouring even more energy into how your brain works. 
Like think about your recall. Think about how are you sleeping? Are you chronically fatigued, chronically tired? Do you, you know, do you have chronic memory loss? Do you have chronic attention deficit? Like you, can you sit down and study or read and actually absorb what you're reading on the page, pages, read long enough. Let's say you set a goal, like I'm going to read for 30 minutes or one hour today, or I'm going to read for one chapter in my book. Can you focus? Like, can you focus? And can you recall what the hell you just read? Like that, that's the level of ability you need to be able to compete you know, as you, not against anyone else, but against yourself. Like I'm competing in January with my business performance, January, 2021, 2022's performance is competing against 2000, January, 2021's performance. And so my ability to continue to create high level content, that's going to compete and outperform last month, last year, this time, you know, requires my, my brain to also constantly be elevating and clean. And, you know, my diet is one way that I do that. And so it's so important um, that you guys start putting focus there as well. I cannot stress this enough. Okay. Doing enough just to be physically healthy and for the doctor to say you passed your annual physical is, is so 1997. <laughs> like that's so played out. Like we should all know by now, that not having a chronic health challenge, not having a chronic disease, not being on any medication is the cost of entry. That's like you just at the starting line. Most people, you know, um, because of low level thinking, thinking and low level perspective, they think not having a disease, not being overweight, not being on medication is the finish line. That's the starting line. Like once you've cleared that stuff, like I've cleared that stuff. I'm not worried about heart disease at all. I'm not worried about diabetes at all. I'm not worried about gut issues. I'm not worried about insomnia. I'm not worried about acid reflux. I'm not worried about high blood pressure. I'm not worried about that stuff at all. Like that's off my radar. I've been cleared of that and I know what to do. I know the formula to maintain my health style. I'm not saying I'm untouchable. I'm just saying the lifestyle diseases that people, most people are plagued with right, are typically avoidable. That's why they're called lifestyle diseases. You change your lifestyle and you significantly increase your chances of not having to deal with that. So now that that's off my radar, I can focus on doing some higher level work to becoming optimally healthy. Not having a disease or not being on a medication is not optimally healthy. There are so many levels above that, right? And so when you get to the level where it's time to start focusing on your mental health, when you start focusing on your brain, when you start focusing on your mind, right? So exercising the mind and feeding the brain, that's where I'm at right now because I see the importance of it in order for me to produce in my company, in order for me to show up for my clients, in order for me to serve at the highest level possible, my brain got to be firing. Like, you know, I just had someone reach out to me, email me the other day and ask me to um, potentially come speak to the staff at four motor company and she's like oh and she filled out the form to book me to speak she's like can you come up with one of those you know uh, can you name your talk something you know cool like you did a recent talk you did so I recently did a talk called um disease doesn't run in your family is being held hostage and so when she filled out the form to book me to speak at Ford Motor Company she's like can you come up with something fancy like disease doesn't run in your family is being held hostage like so she wants me to create that content creation so I'm not just coming in you know 
basic, like, hey, I'm Lisa Angel Smith here to talk about, you know, plant-based nutrition or your productivity in the workplace and how your health is impacting that. And today's title is how your health impacts the workplace. No, she's like, I need you to put a funky spin on it. Can we do this? Can we do that? Like people want me to create and quit. Like she's trying to book me for February, like the first or second week in February. So my ability to do that has everything to do with what I ate today, what I drank today, the quality of my sleep last night, you know, what my workouts hitting for. Like there's so much that I have to do to protect my brain to produce at the level that people are now expecting me to produce at. She would have never asked me for a fancy title if I hadn't gave her 10 examples to choose from, from my last 10 talks. When people get used to you producing at a certain level and creating a certain level of content, they expect you to maintain that. You don't get that just have a, that was a good day or a good week. That's where you live at now. Now the bar is set. That's your expectation. So when she used an example of one of my previous titles, when she's trying to book me for an upcoming speaking engagement, right? She's like, you know, this is what I'm used to getting from you. And so I have to protect my brain at all costs, at all costs. And I want you guys, if you're a creative, if you know, if you're a writer, a speaker and all, if you produce for a living, content from your brain, intellectual property, I need you to start thinking on that level. If you are not protecting your most valuable asset, which is your mind, you're doing your business, your potential clients, everybody you serve a disservice. Okay. All right. That's all I got for y'all today. <laughs> coach Jessica said fire. Thank you, coach. Thank you, coach. Thank you so much. Uh, you like that pursuit to hold this all gated community? A hundred percent. My brain is a gated community. Everybody can't get in. Everybody needs to show ID, right? And some people got to be out by a certain time. I ain't about to be binge watching Netflix shows all night, putting that junk in my brain. Like, if I ain't learning nothing from it, you only get so much time to be up in this community, right? Like, I have to learn something every day. That's one of my rules. I study every single day. So my brain is truly a gated community. Like, I cherish it with everything I have. I take care of it. Like, you know, we take care of the lawn here. We do the lawnscaping up in here. You hear me? Like my brain is everything to me because I know what it can produce when it's well. I know when it what it can produce when it's a high vibrational frequency. And so that's so important to me. And um, and I hope it becomes important to you guys. If you feel you're stuck somewhere in your life, you're a chronic worrier, you're experiencing anxiety, depression, like there's literally things you can do. You have more power than you've given yourself credit for to overcome those things because before, honestly, you can even do anything, you know, from the neck down. It all starts from the neck up, right? It starts with a decision, which your inability to make a decision is going to keep you stuck, right? It starts with a certain belief system, but your inability to overcome limiting belief systems is going to keep you stuck. So if all the results that you want from the neck down, has to start from the neck up. And that that level of work is required in order to get wherever you want to go in life. So I hope that made sense for y'all. Listen, um, shoot me a DM if there is any questions or comments or something you want to expound on, just understanding better how to exercise the mind and feed the brain. Um, or feel free to hop on the wait list for one of my coaching programs at lisaangelsmith.com forward slash work with me. Okay, coaching programs just closed. Um, about five days ago, but we'll be opening up um, invitations and applications again in the spring. So until then, uh, make sure you follow me at the Black Health Academy podcast where I post nuggets like this all the time and you can get hip to my um, podcast called Obedience. 
Um, and that's where I go deep into how to perform at a high level as an entrepreneur and just live a life of radical obedience. So feel free to check out the Black Health Academy podcast to get more of all of this juiciness. And if you want to hear a replay of this, that is the best place to go and listen again. All right, I'm out, y'all. I got a speaking engagement in four minutes. Uh, if y'all want to hear it, actually, um, I'm about to be live on YouTube at Deals with Bob, Deals with B-O-B. I'll be live on YouTube in, uh, well, I got to be on in five minutes, but it's going to start for you guys in 15 minutes at 7 p.m. EST. So if you um, want to hear more of me right now, then hop on over to YouTube. I put it in my stories earlier today, um, but hop on over to YouTube and search for Deals with Bob, B-O-B, which stands for Black-Owned Businesses. Um, and I'll be um, being interviewed by the founder, um, Sonia and at 7 p.m. EST. So I got to meet her online in just a few minutes now and got another speaking engagement. So I'm out, y'all. Until next time, peace.